Smarter Podcast, presented by Calabria. This podcast, just like the software we make at Calabria, is designed to help you get the most out of the resources that are available to you. This includes both technology resources and, more importantly, human resources. In this series, we will discuss industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. Join us as we learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. Today, I'm very excited to be kicking off the first episode in a series we recorded live at Calabria's C3 event, which was held recently in the great city of San Antonio. The event was a lot of fun, reconnecting with old friends and colleagues and making some new ones along the way. Our first guest in this series is Shep Hyken, who we were fortunate enough to have as a keynote speaker at the kickoff of the conference. If you follow the world of customer experience and customer service at all, I'm sure you know who Shep is. But for those who may not be familiar, Shep is the chief amazement officer at Shepard Presentations. Uh, He's an award-winning keynote speaker and New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling business author. As one of the leading experts in the field of customer service and experience, Shep works with companies who want to build loyal relationships with their customers and their employees. In our conversation, we talk about what world-class customer service really looks like, delivering moments of magic, and how important company culture is to be successful in the customer service world, among many other things. It was a really fun and engaging conversation. I really enjoyed it. And as a follow-up, I highly encourage anyone and everyone to check out the numerous books that Shep has released over the years on these topics, as well as following him on his various social media platforms, which are extensive. Uh, We'll talk about that more in the podcast. But okay, enough of the introductions. Let's get to it. Joining us in the studio today is uh, Shep Hyken. We're really honored to have you as part of the podcast uh, this morning. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to sit through your keynote speak today at the uh, Calabrio Customer Connect event. I was really impressed uh, the way you got everybody energized for the conference. So again, we appreciate having you at the conference. And I personally really appreciate you taking part in our our podcast today. Um, So again, thank you for being here. My pleasure. And, And it's amazing that we can talk about customer experience and customer service and energize the crowd doing so. Yeah, it's always exciting. I, <laughs> That's I, the hard part. I agree. That topic and energize do not always go together. You're absolutely But, you right. know, everybody in the audience was passionate about service. That's why we're all here. That's we're why we're here. We're here. a better experience. And uh, we run our contact centers and support centers. And there we go. Absolutely. Um, so for the benefit of my listeners, maybe some people aren't, aren't familiar with you. Uh, very uh, well-renowned, uh, famous author we have with us today. But, you know, not everybody's into the world of literature. So if you could yeah. just take a moment. And, <laughs> Apparently not that famous. I guess right? not. But uh, maybe if you could just take a moment to introduce yourself. And- sure, sure. My mom bought my books and they, she <laughs> thought they were great. Uh, my name's Shep Hyken. And really the best way to describe it when people say, what do you do for a living? I will respond by asking them if they've ever done business with a company, uh, walked out of a store, gotten off the telephone, had an experience where they thought, wow, that was amazing. And that's what I help my clients achieve is that amazement. And it's been my goal for uh, many, many years. I've been doing this now, and I know I don't look that old, but I've been doing it since 1983. 
Wow. And I've stayed in the lane of customer service and it kind of moved into customer experience when service and experience were terms that were synonymous with each other. And now experience is much more than that. But in our space, which is the contact centers and support centers, uh, I believe that experience has to do so much with uh, the customer service they are, uh, the customer is getting either direct from an agent or from some other way of delivering that experience. It could be through a, another channel, social media texting, messaging, uh, chatbots, et cetera, et cetera. Excellent. Excellent. That's a great, great uh, kind of summation of, of, a, of a very long and illustrious That's my whole career. life. Yeah. That's it. No, that's Nothing amazing. else. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was, I was listening again to your, to your keynote speech this morning, and I honestly, it really resonated with me. I, I honestly, I think to a certain extent, we're kind of kindred spirits in a lot of ways. For, so a couple of, one, um, I also am a big fan of using magic tricks to impress people. <laughs> so I really, now I have to admit, um, I stop at kind of the level of being able to impress a 10 year old girl. Cause that's my family. That's my, my, my family. And once they got about Do they 10, have a 50 foot rule now with those children with you? No. no. Oh, okay. Are, I didn't know. He's I only, a 10 year old. This supposed to be a granddaughter, my a own, niece, my own kids, your own children. Okay. Kids. Well then it's acceptable. Yeah. That's good. Uh, once they hit, once my daughter hit 10, I was no longer able to impress her with the, Hey, I tore up a mint napkin and look, it's all magically put back together again. So you're definitely above my level. Well, but, thanks. Uh, so yeah. I, you know, I did magic as a kid. I, we talked about that in the mm-hmm. speech. What we didn't talk about is that career of magic, if you will, started out doing birthday parties and magic shows and being paid a little bit of money. And yeah. uh, by the time I was 14, I worked in my first nightclub. At age 16, it was an unbelievable job doing comedy and magic. Are you ready for this? At the Playboy Clubs. Okay. Yeah, 16-year-old. <laughs> my mom says, where are you going all dressed up tonight? I go, I'm working. Really? Where are you working? And I told her, how did you get that job? And and I did. I went and performed. Uh, I started out doing card tricks, close-up magic for the first couple of weeks. And then uh, I would be brought in when they were really crowded and I had a big name act. And then one day the manager said, can you do 10 minutes before the act goes up there? And he put me on stage. I'm 16. Okay. And that was back when I had hair and I was wearing leisure suits uh, for my, my outfits. And, and uh uh, that's really, it was a great opportunity. When I graduated college, I knew I didn't want to be a magician and I thought I was going to go into a regular business. I saw a couple of motivational speakers, Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins. And I thought, wow, I can do that. I, I graduated college. I'd had regular jobs too, worked in business. I ran my own little business mm-hmm. and, uh, I had the entertainment background. I felt comfortable getting up in front of people. And started researching. And I talked about this today. We, One of the first articles that I read was, uh, and by the way, I went to uh, the magazine store and I bought every business magazine. And I just did that every month. I went to the bookstore. And back then, the business section of a bookstore was maybe a half a shelf worth of books. Okay. Yeah. So I remember in 1983, 84, my favorite books were In Search of Excellence, uh, there was a book called uh, Service America by Ron Zemke and Carl Albrecht. They they wrote a lot um, and then just kept buying more and more over time. And, mm-hmm. and that's where my research came in. Also, interviewing all the clients that would potentially hire me. Uh, I had to prepare for that. And I just it was my own education, maybe. Yeah. But then as I started to work for these companies, they let me in on the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's better than any college experience I could ever have, in addition to you know, taking marketing classes and, you know, ironically, speech communication classes in college. And here I am a speaker. 
uh, amongst other things. So yeah. that's the background. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And you know, the other, the other area that I think we're really similar and, um, uh, it's kind of more, uh, the reason I am excited to talk to you is when you're talking and when you're talking about customer experience and customer service and things of that nature, you, uh, just like me have a, have are putting things through the eye of this is what my experience is as a customer and being able to talk to contact center and customer service professionals in that context. Because I, you know, I think unfortunately when I, my experience, when I talk to a lot of contact centers and frankly, my experience as a customer, it can sometimes, you know, frustratingly, it, it seems like that's not necessarily the focus of a lot of organizations. And when you're Isn't talking, that a shame. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's one of perhaps the most important it may not be the highest paid job, but it's on the front line and they're dealing with customers. They shouldn't call it the customer support department. They should call it the customer retention department because mm -hmm. every time a customer calls with any issue, the more you please them, the more likely they are to buy from you again. And it's not, some people think of retention as where you go to when you're about to lose the customer. Mm -hmm. No, retention starts the very first time the customer decides they ever want to do business with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We need to tweet that out. That's good. That's good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. We, I've been busy on Twitter this week. So, you know, I definitely add that in. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I really appreciated what you what you had to say. And and again, I, I, I think it resonated with I know with me and with a lot well, of people you. there. So um, maybe we can kind of let's talk a little bit about your philosophy. And I think we can probably uh, bookend it a little bit with some of the books that you've actually that mm -hmm. you've actually written. So uh, one of the things that one of the the big takeaways that I took from your, your speech today is based on one of the one of your, your if not your first book uh, that you ever wrote, which is, is Moments of Magic and yep. talking about customer experience from that context. Maybe you could expand upon that a little sure. bit. Sure. A moment of magic is a positive experience that a customer has, and it could be a, a, just a little bit better than average, or it could be like over the top, you blew me away, but it's always better than average. And it came from an idea that I read about 1983 or 84 by Jan Carlson, who eventually wrote a book titled Moments of Truth. And the moment of truth he defined in his article was whenever any passenger, because he ran an airline, a passenger of Scandinavian Airlines comes into contact with any aspect of the airline, they form an impression. And I could have talked about that one concept for two hours today, but the gist of it is we need to manage every interaction that happens between our customers, clients, uh, guests, passengers, whatever you want to call them, but our customers, members, maybe some of our clients, uh, you know, Eric Calabrio, maybe they may refer to our uh, their customers as members. But whenever they interact with us, let's make it positive. And Jan Carlson said, if we're going to turn this airline around, he was losing a lot of money, or the airline was, we need to make, make positive moments of truth versus negative moments of truth. And I add to that, there's a third one. It's the one in the middle. It's average. It's satisfactory. Mm -hmm. It's I joked about the word fine. It's right. Fine's in the middle. How is it? It's fine. In other words, it's not bad, but it's not good. And that's a bad word in my mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, the goal is make it better than average. And how much better than average do you have to make it? Well, amazingly, to get a great rating, you just have to be better than average. But all of the time, and it's that all of the time part that's very difficult for a lot of people to deliver on. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to be thinking about it. You've got to be present. You've got to be engaged and you have to be trained to be that way. So we will technically train somebody in a support center to answer the questions right, to work with the software. And then we train them on some, even though they're called soft skills, I, I refer to them more as relationship skills, which is how you communicate to the customer. And we've got that down. 
that's great. But really, we constantly have to be present in order to deliver that better experience. You can't let it happen by accident. So you're finished with one call, you move on to the next, it's time to start over. And that's another thing, we didn't talk about it today, but I believe that every call is an opportunity to start over. You're only as good as the last one. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did talk about consistency with the effort of being better today than yesterday every day. And that's a great consistent effort. But how about this? Let's modify it ever so slightly and just say better on this call than the last call, every call. That's some effort. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it even boils down. It, we, we talked about it from a kind of a customer experience perspective from a, uh, you know, making sure that the agent is delivering a, a, a consistent experience. You know, I also think it boils down even to the more technical aspects of making sure that you're answering calls within the, you know, consistent service level right. and you're meeting, you're meeting those expectations every single time and, and exceeding them every single time you're talking to a customer, because there are, you know, I think you talked about this as well. There are these kind of rock star customer service companies mm -hmm. that everybody compares you to. Right. And they're knocking it out of the water every single time or knocking it out of the park, I guess, every single time. And if you're not able to do that, the perception is that you're not doing a good job. And, and that's why I think, you know, you, you talked about this as well, that customer experience really now is far better than it's ever been. But people's, uh, feelings about customer experience. If you look at some survey data, there can be some conflict, conflicting survey right. data, but they're oftentimes saying customer experience actually now is, is getting worse. Yeah. And the reason it appears to get worse to them because they know what good customer service exactly. is now from these rock star brands that you just mentioned, not mm -hmm. specifically the right. name of the brands, but the ones that set the bar high. Right. And one of the things I'll often do in a speech is I'll say, what are some of your favorite companies to work for? Let's, let's answer this question. What's the easiest company in the world to do business with? Mm -hmm. I bet you have the answer. I do. And that is? Uh, Amazon. Bingo. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. That is the correct answer. Thanks for playing the game. Yeah. So, but seriously, that's one of the easiest companies. And you know what happens? That's a digital company that creates a self-service experience that is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whose founder and chairman and CEO says, we don't even need a customer support number because there should never be an issue. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality of is there are issues. Most of the issues, however, aren't even Amazon's fault, but it's who you call because I didn't receive my package. Mm -hmm. And this is what they don't say when you finally talk to them. And by the way, the way you communicate with them is you go on, they try to put you through their self-service, but they always give you the out. By the way, we talked a little bit about that, but if you're gonna create a digital self-service experience, you must always have a human backup. And that is, do you want us to call you? And you click on it and you put in your number and literally about the time you push send or mm -hmm. enter or whatever, the phone rings. Yeah. How did that happen so <laughs> fast? And, and Jeff Bezos said, we should be so good we don't need service. But when it goes out of the, uh, the warehouse and UPS, FedEx, post office or whatever delivery company they're using picks it up, it's no longer in their control and it's no longer their fault. But they always accept the responsibility for it not showing up because mm -hmm. it's a reflection on them. But so they'll ne you'll never hear them say, well, it went out of our warehouse just fine. I don't understand. You got to call the, you know, whoever it is. That's not what happens. Mm -hmm. They set the bar high at a number of different levels. And there's other companies that do the same thing. And uh, when I ask, you know, okay, outside of Amazon, what's another favorite company that you love to do business with? 
Uh, well, it might not be fair because it's on the same lines, but Zappos. Yeah, they are own, Zappos and yeah, Amazon. Exactly. Okay, from A to Z, they've got it covered. <laughs> but let's stay away from Amazon and Zappos, and uh, I'll bet you answer some great ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I personally, I've had, you know, I've had really great experiences with some companies that maybe have a less than positive reputation. You know, FedEx is an example. I've had yeah. really good experiences with them. Me as well. So here's what happens. Uh, it's impossible to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's perfect. And even when there's a problem, what you want your customers to say is, I enjoy doing business with them. And even when there's a problem, I know I can always count on them to fix it. But guess what? Even then you can't always count on them to fix it. You, you know, you may not get the best experience, which is a shame. Uh, it's hard. It's, you know, that's human. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I would bet, you know, I agree with you with FedEx. A, a great example is, uh, I, I was working with FedEx uh, in the last couple of years and we were working with their support center. And I said, if somebody is on social media and makes a comment, how fast do you respond? Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting answer. What if somebody emails you? What's your, what's your response time? And they said, well, it's unwritten, but you know, we'd like to do it in an hour, but we preach, try to do it in less than 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing response time. Yeah. The, the, here's the issue though. You can't try. You know, what did Yoda say? There is no try. There's only do or something like that, you know? Uh, And that's because if you set the expectation based on my last experience and the next time you don't give me a similar experience, Mm -hmm. you're going to erode my confidence with, you know, the, 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 it's become, you become average Mm -hmm. because good and bad, put them together. Well, now we're average again. Mm -hmm. And so uh, recognize that you have to create that consistent experience. And that's why when you're a little above average consistently, People say you're amazing. It's yep. that simple. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I love the way you put it as well, because this is, you know, frankly, again, I look at this from my perspective as a customer, but some of the most impactful events that I've ever had, they, and again, this, I'm stealing your words here, but uh, it's the idea of starting with a moment of misery mm. and turning that into a moment of magic. You, you call in and you're just, you're just upset about something. That's a real opportunity. And then it's a PR opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's a retention opportunity. It's it's uh, your goal is not to just fix the problem, but to fix it in such a way that restores the confidence. And as I mentioned in the speech, oftentimes done the right way, you restore it to a level that's higher than if the problem had never happened at all. Absolutely. Which means maybe we should try to create a problem on a, no, we'd never want to do it on purpose. <laughs> there was a company that actually did that. Um, uh, back then they were called mobile phones because there were big black boxes that were bolted into your trunk yep. with a phone that's good. And you may remember this, oh, it yes. has 10 on top of the, mm-hmm. the roof of your car. And the company would install the phone and they, they found out that if they fixed a problem, the, cu- the customer loved them even more. So they decided to put a problem built into the process of, of getting the phone installed. So somebody rides, you know, they get in their car, and they pull it out of the bay uh, where it was being worked on. And what do you think the customer, the first thing they do when they get into the parking lot away from the bay? They try out their phone. Right. right? And while they're still in the parking lot, they find out it doesn't work. So they go inside, they go, what's wrong? And the person comes out, oh. I'm going to fix this for you right away. <laughs> and I go, wow, thank you very much. Well, that's great if they're still on the parking lot, but what happens if they decide to try it three miles away? Right. Not so fun anymore. Yeah. But, but they, so they purposely tried to put that into their system. It didn't work. And I won't tell you the name of the company, but their initials. No, I won't. I won't do that. <laughs> 
Nice. Nice. Well, actually, that it's probably a good way to transition talking about mobile phones, probably a good way to transition into, I know one of the topics that you're, you're, you're focused on right now is this idea of convenience yeah. in the most recent book. The oh, convenience that was, that was, by the way, that was very sharp. Uh, mobile. Yeah. Let's move. Yeah. Mobile. Let's yeah. transition. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Did you hear that? That was amazing. Transitions right. are my specialty. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's segue. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love the concept of convenience. So um, I, I started to think about all of the companies that I love to do business with. And it occurred to me, the reason I like to do business with them is because they're easier than the competition mm-hmm. that they have out there. And what's interesting is that in the world of the support center, we have some great people like Matt Dixon, uh, who helped uh, co-wrote a book called The Effortless Experience. Mm-hmm. The idea being, how easy is it to get to a company? You know, what's the effort score? Well, I believe that effort score needs to go far beyond just the support center and gets baked into every single aspect. So from them, and, and that's why we look at, and by the way, it's very easy to talk about great ways to be convenient just with a, a, a somebody calling in, you know, uh, putting somebody on hold for five minutes is far less convenient than if you pick up in the first 20 to 30 seconds and you have a metric that says we will always answer within three rings. Uh, they won't be on hold for more than 60 seconds. You know, all of a sudden you're starting to create convenience metrics in there. Mm-hmm. By the way, if to be convenient, if you can't answer in a minute, you let the customer know, then they have the option. Do they want to hold or be called back? Those types of things. But you've got to look at the convenience throughout the entire journey from the moment the customer even thinks about doing business with you. How easy is your website to interact with? How easy is it to purchase something? Mm-hmm. How many forms do you, or forms, how many fields in a form do you make a customer fill out when they're buying from you? Mm-hmm. True, amazing. Uh, I, it's not a story. It, 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 it was, I have to believe it because I, I read it on the internet. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, I read it in a great article, the Wall Street Journal uh, they will let you read online some of their articles at no charge. Mm-hmm. But after a certain number of articles, it says you have to subscribe. So a lot of people say, okay, I'll subscribe. How much does it cost? And they were asking lots of information like your name and your email address, what you need. And then they'd ask, you know, like, where do you live? What's your zip code? Mm-hmm. Uh, other things. And what they found is every time they eliminated a field in the checkout uh, process, they actually increased a subscriber rate. By eliminating a field, you eliminate a small, tiny piece of friction, that extra moment it takes to fill that out. And the more they eliminated, the higher the subscription rates, which proves that you create that convenience. Customers are more willing to buy from you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The example I used in the speech today, I showed a minibar in a hotel and how expensive it is to, you know, somebody once said, it's not a mini bar, it's a desperation bar. <laughs> I've got, I'll pay $10 for that Pepsi. Okay. And, and really people will pay a premium sometimes for convenience. Now, Amazon, who we've talked about, they created a, a great experience and they're not always the lowest price, but they're, you, people shop and benchmark pricing for Amazon for a lot of consumer goods. And the cool thing about Amazon if you've noticed, they will always add, if it's available, you can find this item at a lower price. Click here. And then it's through their third market program. And you buy it from a company outside of Amazon. But guess what happens? No, I shouldn't say nobody. Quite a few people do. But a lot of people don't take the risk of dealing with a different company because they love the experience they get from Amazon. Yep. Amazon's proved convenience and they've created confidence. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it actually, it's, it's, uh, I was reading and you know, again, I read this on the internet, so again, it must be true, but I, I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I actually, I, I know this, I've had this since we're already naming companies. This was an article of somebody writing about the, the pizza chain Domino's yep. and how they've really turned that, that really what their focus is on as well is making this experience as simple as buying a pizza, uh, but making it as easy as possible. You can do it through the web. You can do it through the app. You can make a phone call. And not only that, but the quality of their product is like a lot of people used to have a very negative perception of that company, but they have completely turned it yeah, around. They did a great job. I, I actually wrote an article about how many different ways um, to how many ways to leave your lover. No, how many ways <laughs> to order a pizza from Domino's? And it's amazing. Uh, you know, hey, Alexa, order me a pizza. You know, that's one way. You, what's cool is that you no longer have to pick up the phone to order a pizza. And uh, when you do order through like a voice activated, you know, smart speaker, whatever they want to call them, uh, it will say, oh, would you like the same pizza as last time or would you like a different one? Mm-hmm. You can open up your phone and there's an app on the phone. You order it. Same thing. You, it's very easy to touch a button, order what you had before. And now you can watch the pizza, mm-hmm. not the actual pizza, but you can track it. It's mm-hmm. coming out of the oven. It's now out for delivery. Here comes the delivery guy. By the way, that's safe. Yeah, that's safe for the customer. They know it's you get a knock on the door and they see that it's the pizza guy who's just drove in, you know, into your driveway. I think that's cool. A cool feature as well. It's a byproduct of the convenience. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a, it's a huge focus for any organization that really wants to be successful these days. What it boils mm-hmm. down to is, is we've, we've got to make it easy for the client. Uh, we've got to make it. And again, going back to the first point, it's got to be consistently easy. Yep. You know, I need to have the same experience every time. Um, and that's, that's really what people are looking for. Yeah. So when it comes to convenience and we can wrap this topic up quickly, is that we've talked about things other than the support center and how does this translate? I did mention, you know, putting people on hold is a long time. A self-service option is a convenient option for a customer, especially when you make them aware of how easy it is to use. An example of that, even though it's not support center-like, if you were to call years ago to make a reservation on an airplane, they started one day, and I believe Delta was the first to do this. Hey, you don't have to call anymore. Go online and book it. And by the way, we'll give you an extra 500 points or uh, you know something special if you would book online. And what they were doing is giving us an incentive and training us to use the self-service solution, which ultimately, while it may have supposedly saved them money, and it did long term, big capital investment, by the way, to make that happen. But ultimately, what happened is it created a better Uh, experience for the customer to go self-serve. So if somebody calls you for support while they're on the phone with you, ask them if they're in front of a computer and take them to the self-serve page that has whatever your frequently asked questions or maybe videos and say, this is a great resource for you. And uh, I learned, uh, I was, I had uh, a software program and they said, whenever you have a problem, just go to Google and type in, how do I do this on the name of the company? And there are hundreds of videos that they have put up as well as mm-hmm. their customers have put up saying, this is how we resolve this. I went, wow, how cool is this? So you're crowdsourcing your customer support, yep. which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. How I, I was just having this conversation the other day, how I was able to accomplish anything before YouTube existed. I, I don't yeah. even know. It's I'm so, I rely on it so much now for both content created by, uh, you know, actual organizations and then all the support people that are, you know, just 
passionate about that kind of thing, uh, they're really taking over and, and driving that. So, um, well, I've got, I've got one more segue for you. So we'll see, I'll try this one on. Um, I personally, uh, find it very inconvenient to read physical books. Um, but I looked online and I happened to notice that all of your books are available in audio format on audible. Oh uh, man, I love that. So, Do you know, I've never listened to one of my own books. Oh really? I don't Yeah. Um, at one point, I thought, oh, I'll go ahead and read it. And whoever the publisher said, no, we don't want you to do that. <laughs> I go, Why not? And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a professional speaker. I'm not necessarily a professional narrator right. reading out of the book. Yeah. And uh, I'm afraid to hear what they've done to it. <laughs> no, but I hear it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, excellent. And I honestly, I, I, I listen to a lot of audio books. I read an audio book. I listened to an audio book that Stephen King did himself. And I don't know if you've ever heard Stephen King talk, but you've definitely got a better voice than him. Oh, so, thanks. you know, thanks. you may want to talk to the publisher, but, uh, you know, the, again, just kind of wrapping up, uh, you know, you're a, a bestselling author, uh, New York times, wall street Thank journal, best-selling author. Um, so if anyone wants to kind of learn more about, about your philosophies, about, you know, customer service, customer experience, um, really encourage you to either look out those physical books or, uh, again, just go to Audible and, and download them. They're all available or whatever your audiobook uh, of choice is. Um, you also have a podcast? I do. It's called Be Ama- uh, Amazing Business Radio. I, get, I have a TV show now called Be Amazing or Go Home. Okay. And you, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber... Oh. Uh, you can get it there. Uh, you can get it on a lot of the other over-the-top networks. Uh, but uh, that, that's been fun to do. And it's just, it's some of it's motivational, but it, uh, some of it's customer experience. But I interview all kinds of cool people on that. Podcast is called uh, Amazing Business Radio. It's all about customer service, customer experience. Um, I say 90 out of 100, 95 out of 100 of the episodes are probably focused. When I first did it, I was with CBS. And it was a weekly show and they would tell me who they wanted me to interview and they would give me great people. But none of this had to do like they said, here, interview this guy about security at the Super Bowl. What is that? You know, here's it's a tax season. Here's an accountant. Interview them. (laughs) But that doesn't have to do with customer service. Well, that's not a big enough area. At the end of my contract, I said, I only want to do customer service and experience. So they said, see you later. And we're st- they gave me all my equipment. It was wonderful. They let me keep it. And I'm still friends with the folks I work with there. But I decided, even though I'm going to get a fraction of the audience, it's what I love to talk about. It's what I'm passionate about. And hopefully people listen in. Uh, the other thing, and, and again, these are free, you know, the online, you know, the TV shows and podcasts. I every week post a video on YouTube. Okay. So uh, right now we have over 600 videos. Wow. And they're short little three, four minute videos. I would say in this world of the support center, contact center, we're probably over 50% would be applicable mm-hmm. to, so you can take them and show them at your next meeting and, you know, sign up for my newsletter. That's free. And it's based on the video that you see. So, uh, which came first, the video or the newsletter? The newsletter. Okay. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, th- that's uh, great resources um, for everybody. Uh, again, highly encourage you guys to check that out. It was it was great talking to you. It was great listening to you. I did give you a heads up. We always like to end our episodes with a joke, a riddle, or a brain teaser, whatever uh, you're interested in. I, I hear you have a good joke for me. All right. So this is my favorite joke of all time, I think. So two guys are walking their dogs. And one guy says, hey, I'd like to go get a drink. Let's go in the bar over there and have a drink. And the guy says, we can't go in there with our dog. They won't let us in with the dogs. And the guy says, just follow my lead. So the first guy walks in with his dog and the bartender says, excuse me, but, but we don't allow dogs in here. And the guy says, oh, this is my seeing eye dog. 
He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Come on in. So the second guy walks in with his dog and his bartender says, excuse me, but we do not allow dogs in here. And he goes, what do you mean? This is my seeing eye dog following his friend's lead. He, bartender says, that's not a seeing eye dog. That's a chihuahua. <laughs> and the guy says, you mean they gave me a chihuahua? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for, for taking part. This has been, it's been great meeting you. Great talking to you. Great listening to you. And uh, I know I'll definitely be uh, tuning into your podcast and I'll check out that YouTube channel. So uh, thank you for everything that you do for the customer experience uh, world. And, and uh, again, appreciate having you. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Thank you.